This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. What it says in John 13, 1, John 13, 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world, out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Wow, what a counselor is that? That's a wonderful counselor to love unto the end. In John 15:3, the very famous John 15:13, very famous verse, John 15:13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Counselors do not call their patients friends. They're patients, but they're not friends. But the Lord Jesus Christ is a wonderful counselor because he calls us his friends. And counselors don't die for their patients. They just don't. They'll do a lot, but they'll not do that. But he's a wonderful counselor because he died for our faults. And in Revelation 1.5, it describes him when it says, from the Lord Jesus Christ, from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. And then it says in this verse in Revelation 1.5, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Counselors tell patients what they need to do to clean up their lives, but counselors don't clean their lives up with their patients. But the Lord Jesus Christ is so wonderful as a counselor, he not only cleanses us from our sins, he cleanses us with his own blood. He's a wonderful counselor because he loved us, he loves us to the extent of dying for our sins, of cleansing us from our sins in his own blood. He's a wonderful counselor because He gave this greatest counsel that Eric already quoted tonight, which is in Matthew 11, 28. Matthew 11, 28, where it says, Come unto me, verses 11, 28, 29, Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, 
Hey, take them and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. No counselor ever gave the counsel of come unto me in Matthew 11, 28. No counselor ever said to their patient, take my yoke upon you. No counselor ever said, learn of me. No counselor ever gave the promise, I will give you rest. No counselor ever said, you will find rest unto your soul. That's a unique counsel. When the Lord Jesus Christ said, I will give you rest, it literally, he literally saying there in the Greek, I will rest you, I will calm you. Well, the picture is when he was like at the Sea of Galilee and it was a big storm. He said, peace, be still, it was still. He said, I will do that. We're all sinners. We're sinners by birth, we're sinners by nature, we're sinners by practice. Apart from that, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> there's just no such thing as a good sinner. There's no such thing as a good sinner. Sinners are wicked. Sinners are sinners are sinners. Sinners are described in Isaiah 57.20, Isaiah 57.20, where it says the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, it doesn't have the ability to rest. It cannot rest. Whose waters are cast, cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith by God, to the wicked. That picture is so graphic. You know, we go down to the beach here, we look at the ocean on a stormy day, and we see this one wave crash after another, and we wanna say to the ocean, ocean, your waters are so churned up already, your waves are crashing one after the other. Can't you rest? And the ocean, the sea comes back and says, no, I cannot rest, because the turmoil is within me. Now, that's a picture of man with a turmoil raging within him that cannot be calmed. He cannot come to rest because the storm is inside of him. The reason there's no rest for a lost person is because he knows he's not going to heaven. He knows that heaven is not his home, and that will cause turmoil every time. But when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives him a rest. It's a gift and he's of going to heaven. He says, he says, I will give you rest. Come unto me, all that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. What is that rest? Hebrews 3.18 explains Hebrews 3.18. It's his rest. Enter into his rest. Hebrews 4.9, 4.9, Hebrews 4.9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That's a description of heaven. Heaven is described as a rest. It's a rest from the turmoil. That's why those words are so wonderful when he said, I will rest you, because the peace that he gives, it's not external, it's internal. You know, it, it, the peace that he gives is not by moving to America's finest city here in San Diego. <laughs> it's not from winning the lottery that you see on Highway 8 as the numbers go by and you practically have an accident saying $150 million. <laughs> it's not from that being set for life with money. Those are external. They cannot bring peace to the soul. The Lord Jesus Christ brings a peace that's deep. It's deep within the soul because it calms the soul. It takes away the desire to sin when it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It calms the soul because it takes away the fear of death. The fear of death is described in Colossians 1.20, Colossians 1.20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
you know, many came to him as a wonderful counselor. It says in Mark 1.45, and they came to him from every quarter. They came from everywhere. They just flocked to him. When they came to him, it says something very interesting in Mark 2.13. Mark 2.13 says, and he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him. Res disconsolate. They were disconsolate. And they resorted unto him, and he taught them. And that makes him a wonderful counselor. And what's happened in the past is happening today, and it's going to happen in the future. In the future, when we read in Zechariah 8.23, this is a description of the of future, Zechariah 8.23, where it says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men <clears throat> shall take hold of all the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. That is in the future where all the nations are symbolized by these 10 men who all speak a different language. I can't imagine the scene. But the scene is that they all take hold of the skirt of a Jew. And when they, what they do is what they say is that they, they don't want to, to, they don't want to make these Gentiles Jews you know, those Jews do not say that, you know, I've heard that, that you can give me synagogue traditions and, and, or you can, give me, you can give me Jewish traditions and make me Messianic Jews. They're not saying that. What they say is that they've heard that God is with them. Jehovah Jesus is with them. They've heard that, they, that you can give me Jehovah Jesus. I want him. And that's going to be a great day when the Jewish people are reconciled to God as we work for. That's what we call it, Israel restoration. When they're restored from where they've been fallen and when they get reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ and when the Jewish, Jewish people come to worship the Lord Jesus Christ as God and he dwells among them and the sign that was over his cross just really fulfilled the king of the Jews then all these people are going to come with one desire, which is to follow the one, I want the wonderful counselor. Where's the wonderful counselor? And, and they're going to come to him. He's the wonderful counselor because he said, come unto me all your labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He said, I'll give you the rest. That's a rest giver, the wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor because he, 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 he gives himself to see and to understand the problem of the one he is counseling. The Lord Jesus Christ did this with a deep, penetrating search as he looked into the real condition of man. And what he found was he identified two conditions of man. The first condition he described as labor. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Labor is a word. It's an action word. It's a, it expresses a working, a putting out of, of a lot of effort, a ceaseless, uh, just a energy being expended. And for all that effort, there's nothing to show. There's nothing to show for it at the end. It's a description of the man who just works himself to exhaustion right into the grave. He works to build an empire of wealth till, till pancreatic cancer overtakes him. He works to build a life of ease and pleasure, and, and, and he, he works to build a reputation, but all these don't bring a deep rest. They don't bring a deep rest to the soul. It's, it's interesting to watch a hamster. You ever watch a hamster on a spinning wheel? I mean, man, you want to say to him, 
would take a rest already, you know, but the hamster, well, he's going to get it. He's going he's gonna to catch what he's after. He's in, you know, nothing's going to stop him. You can't talk to him or anything. He's just running and running and running and running, and he gets nowhere, and finally he, he, he gives up from exhaustion. That, that's a picture. That's a picture of labor of man. He works so hard in life, and he's got nothing to give rest to his soul. The picture of this feudal labor is what Solomon talked about in Ecclesiastes. He wrote a whole book about it, Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes verse, chapter 1, verse 14, Ecclesiastes 1, 14, Solomon said, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, they are vanity and vexation of spirit. Every work that man can do, every work that man can try to bring himself Peace and rest to his soul, it all amounts to just, uh, uh, just, just vexation, vanity and vexation of the spirit. And then he said in, in Ecclesiastes 5.16, Ecclesiastes 5.16, what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? Boy, that sure sounds like what should a profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? What profit is a man that labors for the wind? We know a man tries to bring himself peace and rest is the man he's trying to catch the wind. I think I got it, you know? I mean, just picture going outside trying to catch the wind. Here's the wind. Okay, I'm going to catch it now. Oh, it got away. I didn't get it that time. I'll get it next time. I mean, have you ever taken one of these laser pointers and, and played with a cat? <laughs> I mean, that cat, you can see in that cat this great hopeful anticipation. It's kind of cruel. And, and, you know, on the cat's face as he, he jumps to that spot where that laser is, you know, and then you move it around and he, and he keeps pouncing in this, this, in this, this, this pounce of expectation. He's going to get it now, but it escapes again. That's a picture of man. That's a picture of man trying to labor to bring himself peace and rest to his soul. And when the Lord Jesus Christ, come unto me, all ye that labor, He's addressing those who, in those, those who in life, they're just exhausted. They're like that cat. They're frustrated. They're like that hamster. They're just trying to bring rest to themselves by their works. Well, the wonderful counselor says, stop. Stop, because come unto me, all ye that are trying to catch the wind. Come unto me, and I'll give you what you've been trying to work for, the rest, all for all the rest in life who they think that they can, by their own works, bring rest in their soul, who think they can catch the wind. His counsel, his wonderful counselor is, come unto me, come unto me. Okay, maybe not now, maybe later, but come unto me, it's still there, it's an invitation. So this first invitation is for those who feel like, they're, like, like life for them is like a blacksmith, they're just one pound one bang after another, incessantly. With each bang, it's more and more disturbing in their soul. And for those, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor. And then there's a second group of people, and he describes this invitation where he says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. All ye that are heavy laden. Now, this invitation is for those who have labored, and now they're just feeling the effects of it. They're, this invitation is for the hamster that's fallen over by the side of the spinning wheel now. Because that's heavy laden. It's a passive state. It's a feeling of misery, feeling miserable. The first state of labor is the feeling of emptiness, working but emptiness, and the second is, 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 is just feeling miserable. It's different. It's frustration 
of not having attained. These two groups of people, the labor group who are just, uh, who are working hard and getting no peace and rest of their soul, the heavy laden who have just uh, slumped down into a state of misery with no peace and rest of the soul, he says, come unto me. I mean, here's God. This is amazing. He has, God has chosen to dress himself in human flesh of a poor Jewish peasant of 30 years old. And for those who saw themselves as described by Revelation 3.17, Revelation 3.17, because as I sayest, I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I mean, they looked at those people, they looked at him at the poor Jewish peasant of 30 years old, and they made the following conclusion, Isaiah 53.2. They concluded, he hath no form, nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire, desire him. They looked at him, they said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. No form, not even close to Arnold Schwarzenegger. No form, no standing, nothing like Alexander the Great. No, 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 no beauty that we should. Dis- so their so their conclusion was Isaiah fifty three three. Isaiah fifty three three. He's despised. He's rejected of men. But God looked at him and said yes. They looked at him and said no. God looked at him and said yes. In Matthew 3.17, Matthew 3.17, God looked at him and says a low, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. They, they, God said yes. They looked at him and said no. They looked at him and said no, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men. But not every person came to that conclusion. And those in this group of labor and heavy laden who saw themselves, as it says in Revelation 3.17, Revelation 3.17, who saw themselves as wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, they received his words. They received his invitation of, of Matthew 11.28, come unto me. And then he wanted them to know who, he, who they were coming to. So he told them how he pictured himself. He says, when I look in the mirror, this is what I see in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Matthew eleven twenty nine. I am meek and lowly in heart. Usually when a person says they're humble, that means they're not humble. <laughs> but not him. Because one look at his life shows he was humble. He's a wonderful counselor because he said, come unto me. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new religion of Christianity. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new understanding of truths. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new set of beliefs. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new church. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new lifestyle. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new day of worship, Saturday as a day of worship. He's a wonderful counselor because he didn't say, come to a new set of dietary laws, don't eat pork. He's a wonderful counselor because he, because he didn't say grasp these things. He's a wonderful counselor because he said, come unto me. What he said was grasp me, grasp me. He's a wonderful counselor because he said, come unto me to become friends, friendship with God. 
He's a wonderful counselor because he said, come, because he said, come unto me, and it means let's become companions. Let's become companions in life. That's a wonderful counselor. It's more than just believe in him. The devil and the, the demons, they also believe in him. They tremble, as it says in James 2.19, James 2.19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But, but they're not saved from their sins, the devil and the demons. The saved do not just believe in, they believe what the Greek word implies, they believe into him. Believe into him, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth into him should not perish but have everlasting life. The saved have accepted the wonderful counsel of come unto me, and they've come to him to become friends, to become companions with him. His wonderful counsel is to come unto me to receive eternal life. That's what he told those who are opposing him in John 5.40, John 5.40, you will not come to me that you might have life. You will not come to me that you might have life. Coming to him is to receive life. His wonderful counselor counsel is to come to him and never experience soul hunger, soul thirst again. He said in John 6.35, John 6.35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me, shall never hunger, and he that believeth, it says on, it means into, same word, believeth into me shall never thirst. His wonderful counselor is, come to me, you'll never hunger, come to believe into me, you'll never thirst. And he's a wonderful counselor when he says, come to me, because, you know, some think, first of all, I want to say this, his wonderful counselor is not only to come to me. You know, some people think that all his counsel is just to come to him and to escape hell and, and the penalty for their sins, and they think that's wonderful counsel because just to be forgiven for sin and go, go to heaven, and when they die, that's it. And, but that's only part of his wonderful counsel. His wonderful counsel starts there. That's the first part, come unto me. The second part is take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. This is all tied up with not I but Christ. That's to take my yoke upon you. A yoke is what oxen work under. They work under. A yoke represents work. And so his wonderful counsel is, his wonderful counsel is not, I will take your yoke upon me. It's not. It's not about us. After we come to him, he doesn't say, okay, I'm your friend now to help you in whatever you want to do. He, does, he says now, okay, you've come to me, now I'm your genie in the bottle. <laughs> it's not the genie in the bottle to give us whatever we want, wherever we wish. He doesn't say, I'll take, he doesn't say, he didn't, he didn't say, I'll take your yoke upon me and, 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 and whatever you want to do, then it'll succeed. His counsel is, take my yoke upon you. Take a new yoke, which means abandon the old yoke of I and self and, and take the new the w new work program after coming to him is no longer our old program of what we want to do in life. It's now the new program of what he wants to, us to do in life. His wonderful counsel after coming to him is to abandon 
the old yoke of what we wanted to do on my way, I want to do in, in life, and to take the new yoke of what is thy will, Lord? What is thy will? His wonderful counsel is it, for us is to make him the Lord of our lives, to make him the authority in our lives. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.